shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today. And we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... COVID-19, especially in Latin America, has exposed how dependent they are on people physically being in places to do things. And so we believe that on the enterprise side, there'll be an acceleration of digital transformation, and that will bring along 5G as the necessary connectivity uh, glue that ties together some of these digital e- efforts. You're listening to The Future with Mick podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia original series. By the end of 2019, more than 40 5G networks were operating around the world. Commercial launches in the United States and South Korea have gotten most of the attention with the promise of high-speed wireless for consumers. But 5G isn't just for developed countries, as installations in China and the Middle East show. But where's Latin America in the mix? I put that question to Omdia's 25-year veteran telecom analyst, Wally Swain. He's been in Spanish-speaking countries for almost half his life. Come on. I, sorry. I just immediately started into Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Latin America is, is often uh, later than, than many of the uh, other regions of the world for, for various reasons. We have two uh, commercial announcements, one in Uruguay, uh, one in Aruba. Um, Uruguay is, uh, we understand that's a fairly limited deployment. Uh, at this point in time. And then we have a really good announcement just a couple of weeks ago in, in Brazil. Uh, so we're going to start seeing uh, more more announcements, more deployments, uh, so perhaps really some commercial traffic. But at, so far, we've been uh, one of the uh, last reasons to, to get started. Normally, for that normally happens is it's a result of the economics of the region. Well, recognizing that Latin America is not a single country, describe that macroeconomic environment for the region. The region has been uh, traditionally uh, behind on uh, other regions with respect to economic growth and with respect to, as a consequence, uh, GDP per capita or other measures of uh, purchasing power. And that has really uh, caused uh, a retarding of, of ARPUD growth and and which is average revenue per user, that is the revenues that, a, that an operator can expect to get. We see a tremendous opportunity uh, in growing productivity and growing, uh, the, as a consequence, GDP per capita from, uh, from 5G. And so that's why we're so excited about it. Uh, clearly, there's a, there's a, a parenthesis uh, or a parenthetical comment about five, uh, COVID-19 at this point in time, which has had a tremendously devastating effect on on the region's economies. Uh, And that is going to be an asterisk, if you will, for for almost every region. And everything we're going to talk about this morning is going to be, you know, say brackets, COVID-19 notwithstanding, or COVID-19 may have an impact or or these kinds of things. The macroeconomics are really uh, the main determining factor for speed everywhere, but especially in Latin America. Since you brought up the COVID-19 issue explicitly, what have Latin American carriers done to help support 
the efforts to flatten the curve. We've seen a, a lot of telecommunications infrastructure step up in a lot of different ways mm -hmm. over the course of the pandemic. Well, there's, there's two sides of, of the uh, of that answer. One is a is a question about revenues and about collections and about whether or not uh, we were going to cut people off uh, because they didn't have jobs or they didn't have incomes and and a combination of the operators being flexible and and some of the regulators being very strict has meant that that hasn't been as much of a problem as, as we might have thought it was from the beginning uh, the more important part is that the traffic is up tremendously in some cases up as much as 50 percent as people work from home as people entertain themselves from home as people shop from home uh, all those uh, situations mean we've had a tremendous growth in traffic and the operators have responded there have not been uh, complaints either by governments or by consumers that uh, they're not uh, they're not getting the experience that they would they expect or more importantly that they would need and of course being able to work shop and entertain yourself from home is is perhaps the most important thing that anyone can do to to try and uh, flatten the curve I can only imagine that many of the CSPs wish they already had 5G rolled out because 5G is far more flexible when you have these types of unexpected surges in demand than even 4G was. Absolutely. As well, the infrastructure that you have to install for 5G means that you're much further along on things like uh, rolling out IP networks, uh, like getting deeper fiber, much deeper fiber into your network. And so your network would have automatically been much more resilient when this thing comes along. As well, we believe strongly that there's a, a fixed wireless access that is uh, opportunity. That is that, that places that maybe don't get fiber can have a, or don't have cable uh, infrastructure or don't have DSL at, at, at high speeds, that 5G will be good enough for people to have an, an excellent uh, fixed broadband experience in their home. So if we've been able to do that, we could have deployed much more bandwidth much more rapidly because it would have been wireless for the last 100 meters. You have argued that 5G is essential to the region, but what does the macroeconomic environment mean for adoption of 5G at the three key levels, at the CSP level, first of all, then you've got the enterprise level, and then again, back to the economic component, is the consumer willing to spend the money for a 5G connection? I'm going to do it in backwards order. The question about whether or not the consumer is prepared to spend for, for a 5G experience, we've been seeing that it's although operators would like to be able to say that they, they're going to be able to get a, a revenue hit from uh, from 5g they may not be able to change the tariff they may find that people are consuming more and therefore they're spending more but i i don't think they will be able to get to see the, an impact on the tariffs and and as a consequence the consumer is not going to be confronted with a tariff choice and everybody say well so much more expensive He's going to say, my experience is so much more. I'm consuming so much more. Yep, I can decide to pay more. And we are seeing that, uh, that the uh, mobile experience or the, the remote experience or the un untethered experience is, is something that, that consumers are willing to pay for. In the business category, we have a different equation. And, and we think that, that COVID-19 may, in fact, accelerate business plans uh, to uh, mechanize to do digital transformation, which is what we call the, the basic transformation of the economy as a consequence of, 
of businesses in investing in in digitalizing their processes and and COVID-19 uh, especially in Latin America has exposed how dependent they are on people physically being in places to do things and so we believe on the enterprise side there'll be an acceleration of digital transformation and that will bring along uh, 5G as the necessary connectivity uh, if you will glue that ties together some of these digital e efforts I think there's no question that that you know the statistical record would show that that down the line the operators have have said that they're cutting back on on their capex spending in 2020 and they are the money they have is is going to deal with that problem I talked about a few minutes ago which which is the tremendous growth in traffic and therefore the the need to expand uh, their uh, long haul and and short haul networks and connections to the internet so there is perhaps a, a kind of taking the foot off the gas in 2020. Uh, that's just a, a natural part of, of business uh, activity for the, for the CSPs. But we think those other two parts, the fact that their consumers are, are going to be in the enterprise case, perhaps even accelerating their digital transformation plans in the consumer case, uh, much more dis disposed, much more aware of, of the importance of, of bandwidth as a consequence of all what's been going on that, that you know, the, the demand opportunity will be out there. And we're hoping that in 2021, uh, when things uh, settle down and people are, are less concerned about uh, uh, risk, let's say, uh, then, you know, things are clearer with respect to how the macroeconomic is going to go. They're, they're clearer about where their revenues are coming from. Then, then we'll see them get back on whatever plan track they had uh, for 5G. It's a, a fact that the the operators revenues have not gone down as much as maybe some people would have thought they would or maybe even they thought they would but they've all pulled back on their capex plans it's a, it's a statistical fact and and so that's why we're hoping more for for 2021 when when there's less uncertainty in light of the economic environment in latin america does 5g increase arpu for the csp i believe that even as a consequence of covid 19 the consumers and enterprises see the value of bandwidth uh, more than they did before. You know, now it's absolutely essential. It's part of their their daily lives, and 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 they suffer when they don't have uh, sufficient bandwidth. As a consequence, we think that there's going to be um, a shift in the budgets, if you will, from from one form of consuming entertainment, for example, on the consumer side, to to consuming uh, to to higher quality bandwidth in the, in the internet and. In the business case, uh, business situation from from perhaps investing in in older uh, in the maintenance of, of older productive processes in in things which are more uh, uh, which are more bandwidth heavy. As a consequence, we think there's a there's a good chance that that ARPU will at least stabilize. It's been going down year after year for for many many uh, years now, a couple of decades practically. Uh, so we can see that, that at the very least, ARPU is going to stabilize, but not as a consequence of higher tariffs, but as a consequence of higher consumption. If productivity in Latin America lags the rest of the world, how do you sell 5G as a productivity enhancer at the enterprise level? Well, I go back to the, uh, to the kind of fundamental economics. And, and the, the only way that uh, you grow productivity is by changing your product, your your processes, changing your productive processes, and 
we've been through a number of major uh, technological changes over the last 150 or 200 years. Uh, you know, it's not, it's only 200 years. If you go back to 1810 and you think about what life was like in 1810, you know, we still had people on the old, uh, you know, using spinning wheels in, in, in their homes. Uh, that was the, the productive chain to only 200 years ago. And we've gone through some spectacular technological changes since that time. And that's driven productivity. And that has driven the, the growth in, in, in income per capita. That has made the world that we live in right now, which would be unrecognizable to George Eliot or any of the writers, you know, the, the Brontes, any of the writers from the, from the turn of the 19th century. And as a result, what we believe is it's, it's, a, it's important for these countries to encourage what we call digital transformation, this transformation of productive processes using the, the power of computing, using the power of communication, using the power of, of digitalizing uh, the, their productive chains, their, their means of production. Obviously, some things still have to be put together physically, but you can do the, re the rest of the chain, the logistics part, for example, can be far more efficiently operated with, uh, with, with digital processes. And when you do that, then you start increasing both your traffic load and you start increasing your desire to have things come faster and faster. My father-in-law was uh, nearly 100 when he died. And he would write to Bogota and say, uh, I need, you know, five cars. He was selling cars at that point at a car dealership. You know, I need five more Chevrolets. And then there would be a letter coming back. I don't think five more Chevrolets we have them this week, but we can get you three. And this kind of thing was done on a on a time scale that was incredibly long by by our own standards today. That's going to go down to microseconds. That's going to go down to milliseconds in some cases. Very very low latency decision making, feedback loops that have to move very very quickly, and all those uh, characteristics that businesses are going to want for their new their business are going to have to have for competitive reasons are going to drive them to lower latency higher bandwidth services. Right now, the best solution for that is 5G. Countries like Canada recognize the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. That old William Gibson line. Mm -hmm. Efforts need to be made to encourage CSPs to build out into areas considered less profitable, like the far north. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the gap look like for developed nations in Latin America where broadband penetration remains an issue? My wife, who's Colombian, loved to tell me when I came here, this is not the third world. There are all, all worlds are here. There's first world, second world, third world. All of them live are here, and they're all uh, living cheek by jowl, the next right next to each other. So it's not a geographic, although there are geographic aspects. Obviously, when you go to rural uh, Latin America, things get very, are very different than they are in the cities. But there's also a gradient that goes across a city between uh, different neighborhoods and and between different even within a neighborhood in in different blocks. Uh, in, the, in the deployment of, of, of broadband. It, this is a big challenge that all governments recognize. And all governments have, at the very least, policy statements, in some cases, explicit programs to, to encourage uh, the operators to, to build out their, their broadband networks into areas that, that don't have the same coverage. To, to some extent, the, just the demand uh, drivers are, 
are pulling operators to to increase uh, speeds or bandwidth to to different areas. It, they've exhausted the the sweet spot and they're moving to the next uh, area down the line. Uh, but also the uh, there are encouragements from governments. Sometimes they're soft encouragements. Sometimes it's just browbeating. Sometimes it's trying to make sure that the uh, conditions on the in the on the field are uh, conducive to putting up towers, to digging up the streets and putting in fiber, that kind of thing. And in some cases, in extreme cases, they'll they'll look at uh, subsidy programs and and ways to get uh, the uh, uh, money directly to the operators and say, look, okay, I know you might, it's going to be a long time for you to recover the investment in this area. Let me help. Um, but those are the three kinds of uh, main areas. We're also seeing solutions uh, where from the from the vendors that uh, are looking at uh, how to lower the costs of uh, deploying um, mobile services in, in in difficult areas. Everyone recognizes that this is a challenge. Everyone recognizes that it's an issue, certainly for the developing world, but also in the developed world. There, as you, as you just said, you know there are communities in in Canada, communities in the United States that don't have adequate service. And, and it's an issue for the for their governments, just as it is an issue for the for the governments in Latin America. It sounds to me, though, that fixed wireless access, as you sort of pointed out earlier, is one of the more critical advances of 5G, particularly for Latin America. If you have cities where entire communities are without the broadband they need because that happens to be a less well-off neighborhood than the one across the street. Certainly fixed wireless access is one of the most critical components in the, in the mass market. And, and in, as you said, in Latin America and in developing countries, we believe that uh, we've quantified the, the opportunity in Latin America. And in most countries, it's pretty substantial. It's, it's, an, it's an attractive proposition. Um, it clearly 5G is, we think, as we've said before, that 5G is going to have impacts on the enterprise market. Uh, there's a, a piece that we haven't talked about that 5G is going to enable uh, mass market companies like banks or uh, even retail to transform their processes. And there'll be benefits for, for consumers and benefits for, for the companies as a consequence of that. But fixed wireless access, its ability to deploy high uh, a customer experience that is almost fiber-like and to do that over the air uh, in in what I like to call low subscriber density situations, where you know it may not be everybody, it may not be every every house in, or every apartment in an apartment building or every house on a block that takes the service, and it's much more effective to deploy wireless solutions for those kinds of situations. That we see as one a tremendously interesting in terms of number of subscribers, and it's a it's it, it's something which, as you said, is going to be transformative for these for these uh, for these countries you know one of the things that we found in doing the study was the least attractive uh, country in for fixed wireless access in uh, Latin America was Chile because Chile already has a very high level of of broadband penetration with a very high uh, quality uh, broadband network it's less interesting to fix wireless access you go to the other end of the scale and you look at some countries that have less than 50% of homes with, with access to, to broadband, and, and then the numbers get very interesting. 
5G is widely considered to be more about Industry 4.0 than consumer advances in North America, Asia, Europe. How are companies in Latin America adopting this technology compared to their competitors elsewhere in the world? Is, is 5G more of a consumer thing for Latin America than an enterprise technology, or is it just as it is elsewhere in the world? I think that, uh, that like everything in a region as large and as heterogeneous as, as Latin America, it's, it's very difficult to give a simple yes or no answer to that. What we do see is that in certain industries, and, and the two that come to most to mind in Latin America is mining and ports. Uh, those two industries, which are very important to many countries, the important mining is, is important to virtually every country down the uh, western side of the Andes, and it's important in Brazil, important in Mexico, and ports are important to everyone, almost every, every country in Latin America. There's only a couple of countries that are landlocked. Uh, everyone else has huge ports and requires ports for exports and for imports. Those two industries are, are very fast uh, to adopt uh, private networks, private mobile networks. Now, today they are LTE networks, they're 4G networks, uh, because the, that's the technology that's available at this point in time. But we're, the, Latin America is no slouch, if you will, to, uh, for the adoption of, of private networks in, in large mines and in complex port situations. So there's two that's you know there's two verticals two important verticals to the to the economies of, of Latin America that are that are adopting private networks which is the precursor to being able to use industry 4.0 at the same rate that we're seeing it happen in in, in other countries of the world uh, so there is that part that that that's there and it's it's moving slowly slowly I would at the other end of the of the scale we see it happening in 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 manufacturing in Brazil. But we you know, may be a little slower in some of these other some of the other countries that that are have been a little bit more traditional. I think one of the the interesting features of Latin America over the last twenty two years that I've lived here uh, has been uh, seeing its economies trying to transform themselves from from resource based economies to to higher value add economies, if you will, service economies, etc. That's been taking place. It's been taking place sometimes with less success than, than others. And I think part of the impact of 5G will be hopefully to accelerate that, that transformation. And nobody wants to close a mine or, or stop exporting avocados, but it is important for, for the transformation, transformation of these economies for the, for the growth in, in wealth that the higher value added services are involved. And that's where we see 5G having a, a, a big impact. Whether it's going to be more important than the consumer, uh, that you know, there will be there will be a consumer opportunity, especially as we said in fixed wireless access. There'll be a, a many country companies, uh, enterprises, uh, verticals that are consumer oriented, um, encouraging the operators to to ad advance five G because it'll make their business models, their digital transformation better. Uh, so we're going to see a, a kind of a mix between the mass market and and the business, but. It, it's still going to be very important. And I, as I said a few minutes ago, uh, there are some sectors where it seems to be moving as quickly as it, as it is in, in, other, uh, in other countries. 
We've talked on Futurhythmic about the problem of North American and European CSPs having a siloed culture of protecting one's turf at the expense of innovation and agility that you might attribute to a very Americanized view of work ethic. Are, are we all the same everywhere, or is there a unique cultural issue within telecom companies in Latin America? Part of it is specific to, to telecom companies. I've entered the telecom industry uh, a long time ago, uh, more than 40 years ago. And at that point, because they were almost public utilities, uh, they were you know, naturally very low risk cultures. Lots of people grew up that way. You know, I grew up that way in a hierarchical organizations, measurement focused cultures, etc. That got changed quite a bit uh, during the 80s and 90s. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, there's, there's been change. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the leadership is still guys my age, you know, or guys who, who grew up in the same culture I grew up in. So, you know, that, that is endemic to, to, uh, to telephone companies all over the world. They're, they're uh, struggling to compete against their more agile and, uh, you know, newer, if you will, uh, companies uh, like the Fangs. Your Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Yeah, exactly. So those ones, are, you know, they're, they're struggling to deal with the, the speed at which those guys operate. Uh, at the same time, uh, Latin America has had traditionally a fairly hierarchical culture as well. It's been very stratified and older managers have more power than younger ones, etc. All those, of course, are, are, are under tremendous uh, pressure from the, the crucible of, of the modern world and, and what's the changes taken place in the last 20 years. And so, we're, you know, we see things happening, but you're right, it's, it, it, uh, it's going to be uh, a struggle as always, between the pace of change and the and the ability of an organization to adapt to that that pace of change, there are players in Latin America who have uh, very traditional cultures and they're very successful. We have players in Latin America that are traditional cultures and they're less successful. We've got guys who are, you know, trying to bring themselves from the traditional into the modern world to put it to use that expression, and they're having varying degrees of success. And there are some new players that are 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 trying to kick the old guys and, and get them into the 21st century. Well, a fascinating discussion. And thank you so much for carrying on in English as opposed to Spanish. I wouldn't have understood a word. <laughs> See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting futurhythmic.com. The Futurhythmic podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.